This is the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday podcast on the 22nd of February, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank. Thanks for downloading and listening. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Learn more at ffbt.com. Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller coming up today on the news, including Indiana Pork on the Road to talk pork careers with students and how a good year for farmers leads to better small equipment sales. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has his words, a wild and crazy forecast that includes rain and storms, and it was a sell-off yesterday. Tom Fritz has market analysis on the Hat Wednesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Educating students about career opportunities in the pork industry. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today News, brought to you by McDonald's. As we honor the future this National FFA Week, McDonald's of Greater Indiana salutes all farmers throughout the Hoosier State. What the Golden Arches do wouldn't be possible without the support of Indiana farmers. Indiana Pork hosted students Wednesday at the Jasper County Fairgrounds from the Indiana Ag and Tech School to discuss career opportunities in the pork industry. They can work in feed nutrition, they can work in genetics. If they have a mechanically inclined mind, there's maintenance crews and maybe also too if they have an interest in policy, there's a lot of opportunity and advocacy. That's Chad Martin, Indiana Pork's Director of Strategic Outreach. He says the partnership with the Indiana Ag and Tech School is a natural fit for collaboration with students who are already interested in coming into the ag industry. In partnership with the Indiana Soybean Alliance, Indiana Pork conducted a study to help combat labor shortages experienced at the production level. Martin explains. We found that uh, with the study that if we attract them and expose them younger, the 13 to 15 year olds, that we have a, a chance to maybe capture their interests earlier on and then also to provide them a, an avenue and maybe try to find coursework opportunities and maybe work-based learning and internships while they are still in high school. Uh, so those are some things that we have gleaned from some of this work in, in the study that we conducted. Martin encouraged the students to find an internship or part-time job with a pork producer or company to expose them more to the industry. They heard the story of Indiana Pork Board member Micah Render from Rensselaer who started as a power washer 
before quickly rising the ranks into farm management. It's our role in Indiana Pork is to shed light on those opportunities, maybe be a connector and help find those young people uh, to find a path to, to make those connections. And maybe this is, it's in their backyard and they didn't even know that those opportunities existed for a, a rewarding and positive career in the industry. The Indiana Ag and Tech School offers hybrid and virtual learning options for 7th through 12th graders. They now have over 400 students enrolled. If you're interested in learning more about their program, find this story at HoosierAgToday.com. You know, when you think of farm equipment, you might think of tractors, combines, sprayers, the heavy machinery. But farmers also buy a lot of smaller equipment. C.J. Miller reports now on one Indiana-based company that sells power washers and how they're directly impacted by the farm economy. We uh, primarily sell and uh, service industrial cleaning equipment, anywhere from walk-behind floor scrubbers to industrial high-pressure washers. And that's Ben Broughton, an equipment specialist with Action Equipment Sales Company, which is based in Indianapolis. He says when farmers have a good year, like many did in 2023, they often see a spike in sales of new equipment. We have seen a, a few folks that are you know wanting to upgrade because they had a good year in 23 but you know a lot of them will hold off until they do have a good year but we take a lot of trade-ins on their old equipment um, and when it gets long in the tooth they're more apt to come by and and it's years like this that we see a lot more of that. Broughton says there's been a high demand for new pressure washers within the ag industry especially for use at the end of planting season and harvest season. We sell to contract cleaners um, that also just go out and make a living washing combines for for other farmers and folks. But uh, yeah, we see a lot of that, uh, trucking. Um, We set up wash bays for, for truck washes. So yeah, quite a variety. In addition to their home office in Indianapolis, Action Equipment Sales Company also has locations in Fort Wayne, Evansville, and Louisville. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom-fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy type, coverage level, and options for you. All guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop dash insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We we're want all- you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Who's Your Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Wild and crazy forecast here as we're going to whipsaw all over. You're going to need the umbrella here today. Temperatures are mild, but we're going to be seeing rain move through the Hoosier State. Low pressure coming out of the Missouri Valley will track right across central Indiana into Ohio. With that track, we're going to be seeing rain everywhere, so keep the umbrella handy from north to south. Quarter to one-inch totals at least. I think there could be a couple of areas that pick up a thunderstorm or two. There could be an inch and a quarter, inch and a half. We'll have to see how that plays out today, but definitely water around this front 
ushers in colder air as we finish out the week. Tomorrow is going to be much lower than where we started the week, and we're going to be below normal here. The cold stays through Saturday, but we do see partly sunny skies emerge for Friday, mostly sunny skies underneath high pressure for Saturday. So I think by Saturday afternoon, we'll start to see temperatures not as cold. Sunday is definitely moderating on temperatures with full sunshine. Next week, we are very mild. Monday, Tuesday, and the first part of Wednesday, nothing going on. On Monday, I think we turn out mostly sunny, but Tuesday clouds are here off and on. I won't rule out some hit and miss scattered showers, only about 30 to 40% coverage for Tuesday. Very strong frontal complex comes through on Wednesday. The warm air gets us started with rain all day long, but the front comes through overnight with rain changing to maybe some snow before ending. And then we also see some very strong gusty winds with this. The temperature gradient, the temperature change is very strong. So the winds are going to be very strong. Pressure drop is very big as well. So this is a front not to be messed with. We see brutal cold coming in behind it for at least one or two days next Friday into Saturday. But by the time we get to Saturday afternoon, that's the thir second, we're starting to see temperatures moderate, and then we're very warm for the third, fourth, and right on through that first part of March. We're looking back west to seeing sunny, warm, dry weather over the entire country. So, yes, the front for next week at midweek is very, very strong, but it also ushers in only minor change, a couple of days of change before we go back. It's whipsaw weather. We kind of get whipped back and forth. We're going to experience a spring and winter both in one week and sometimes within the span of a couple of hours of each other. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. A short-lived, short-covering rally as Wednesday markets go back down. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Farm Market Review. Everything was lower, and to get insights as to what happened, I checked in at the end of trade with Tom Fritz. He's at EFG Group in Chicago. Tom, the markets sell off on Wednesday, a short covering rally Tuesday, but very short-lived, and there wasn't a whole lot of conviction with that rally. Obviously, we turn and go the other direction on Wednesday, back where we've been, working lower for the most part. So not looking real good right now. No, you hit the uh, nail on the head. And when you say not looking too good, I think you're being a little bit too kind. Um, you know, markets are, uh, with the exception of Chicago wheat, uh, Andy, these uh, grain markets are uh, nothing short of ugly. Uh, you know, the corn market uh, goes down to new, new lows, new contract lows, new contract low closes. Uh, I believe this holds true for, uh, I know it holds true for old crop uh, and for new crop. Not quite new contract lows in uh, new crop, but not far behind. Uh, you look at the, uh, you know, the price structure, um, you know, for the most part, old crop loses to new crop. And, you know, the market's telling us that we've got more than enough corn out there, meaning right now. Um, number two, uh, we don't see any threatening weather for the second season corn crop in Brazil that's getting planted in an uh, extremely timely manner. Uh, the, I see no threatening weather for the Argentine uh, developing corn crop. So, you know, you put it all together, you know, we're a futures market. What do we have to look forward to? Um, so, you know, right now, one of the functions of lower prices is to try to stimulate demand. And uh, right now, we're not finding it. Uh, I am seeing some basis levels start to increase uh, in some areas uh, noticeably, but uh, I don't see it attracting uh, really any cash movement to speak of. 
we come up to first notice day next week for the March uh, corn contract. A little bit of tightness there, but when you've got a spread at 13 and a quarter uh, St. Carey to uh, May, there's nothing friendly about that. Uh, we look at Chicago wheat. Chicago wheat, uh, if I didn't know better, I'd, I'd say somebody's got uh, caught short uh, the nearby right now. What goes on in nearby Chicago wheat? Well, I think we're in the process of uh, gathering uh, soft red wheat to uh, get it in the export pipeline to ship it to China. These are sales that were made uh, a number of months ago, and now it's time to ship it. And it looks like uh, these shippers may not have that wheat. So it looks like they're uh, standing in for, uh, at least right now, uh, looks like they're standing in to take delivery of that wheat. Uh, you look at the uh, March-May wheat spread uh, in Chicago at a, uh, what is that, a five-cent inverse. It's been quite some time since we've seen uh, wheat in an inverse. And a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, here, uh, we've got a bear market in the wheat, uh, but bull spreads are working. What's that all about? Well, it's just about trying to get your hands on the uh, supplies that are needed to fulfill old business. Uh, Kansas City wheat couldn't do anything today. They finished down seven to eight, and uh, the the uh, spread actually lost ground. So I think that's a direct result of positioning for first notice day next week. So, you know, if I had to guess, given what these spreads are doing, uh, you will not see any Chicago wheat deliveries you may see a handful of Kansas City wheat deliveries. But overall, the scenario for U.S. wheat futures, our upside remains limited. And the reason for that is overseas prices are uh, still under pressure and we are not competitive. So the bottom line is, uh, you know, what we're seeing here today uh, in the Chicago market, I, I believe it's just a, uh, as some would call it, a one-off aberration. Soybeans, uh, pretty pretty ugly over there. Uh, soybean meal, uh, it's on the verge of taking out its old lows. Uh, soybean oil doesn't help at all. Uh, the bottom line, uh, you know, we've got to carry out the 315 million bushels of old crop beans. Uh, the weather is non-threatening for the balance of uh, Brazil's soybean crop. Uh, at last told, uh, we're probably 30, 32% uh, harvested. But the remaining beans uh, to be harvested, uh, weather's okay, and uh, the weather appears uh, conducive to the development of the soybean crop in Argentina. So you lump it all together. Where are we going? And uh, you know, once again, it's what you know. One of the functions of bear markets: lower prices. We're looking for demand, and so far we're not finding it. Another example of this: yesterday, uh, Brazilian offers to China. We're up uh, 24 cents versus when China went on the lunar uh, holiday week. Well, today they gave 12 cents of that 24 cent bump back. Uh, so, you know, here, here we are. Once again, you look at the cash price, had a rally, can't sustain it. So bottom line, uh, grain markets are ugly. You know, trying to calculate what's too much on the downside. I learned a long time ago, markets will go further than what you feel reasonable, whether it's up or down. And in this case, it's the downside. Tom Fritz there, EFG Group in Chicago. Settlements now. March corn goes to 411 on Wednesday, down seven and three quarters. May contract 424 and a quarter, off eight and a quarter. July seven and a half lower, 435 and three quarters. 
18 cents down on the beans. March 11.60 and three quarters. 18 and a quarter lower. May 18 and a half lower. 11.65. July 11.74 down an even 18 cents. March wheat up a half cent. 5.83 and a quarter. May a penny and a quarter down at 5.78. The meats higher. April live cattle 37 cents higher. 187.70. And April lean hogs 85.97 up 30 cents. I'm Ian Eubank with the Wednesday market review. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.